Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. This year, two things. How many times did Kelly turn over the ball yesterday against Galway? 11 times. 11. What you notice about Kerry in attacking is that they're not taking the ball into that contact. They're not losing the turnover. Their game management, their composure. And the performance by Clifford, which I thought was... Walsh's was brilliant, but Clifford's was definitive. And also, the other thing about, about Clifford is... He's a physical brute as well. I honestly had this burning desire inside me. I wanted to go out and start getting fit again to go back and play next season. That's the desire I had inside me, burning. And and that Kerry had that extra notch of 38 All-Irelands. I'm telling you, there's a lot of hungry people in that Dublin change room that are feeling the same way. Hello and welcome to the Throwing Podcast with me, Sinead Kassan. Well, it's the day after the football final and Kerry are the 2022 All-Ireland champions after beating Galway 20 points to 16. Well, to go through the main talking points from the game, I'm joined by Philly McMahon, Joe Brawley and Pat Spillane. Pat, to you first, um, can you describe what yesterday was like for you? You had those very poignant words about your late dad and family afterwards and just seeing your two nephews come on and make such a huge impact in bringing Sam back to Kerry. Yeah, it, it it was it was a it was a special day for for our family, and it was a special day for Kerry. And you know, I know Kerry is thirty eight. This is their thirty eight island, but you know, like it, it football means so so much to the to people of Kerry. Uh, you know, it's about club, it's about family, it's about community. And just yesterday, I think you know, like we talk about famines in Kerry. You know, and like seven or eight years or whatever like that, eight years. And uh, just yesterday was just. You know, we've been there and there about. We've been talking for years about. We've this talented bunch of miners coming through. We've possibly the greatest football of all time, David Clifford. There, but until such a time as as, as you deliver, you know, potential and talking about great young footballers counts for nothing. So, yesterday was was deliverance day, and you know, it was it was the lifting of a lot of emotions. I think, and just like I know it was my last day on the Sunday game, but you know, I, I, that story about my father. Swept to God, even Adrian texted me last night. And he is 64. He had written the year down 1964 just on on his uh, whatever gloves or something like that. Yes, just to remember, or just to remember his grandfather, and just to remember just the occasion and what it meant so much. Because Kerry Galway matches to us at Spillane in the Spillane house. So it was like my father was a, a man in his 40s, passionate about football. Uh, was a selector with Kerry in 1964. Went for a walk, and they were staying in the Gresham Hotel. Went for a walk in the 
along O'Connell Street, got a very bad pain in the chest, should have gone to the doctor, but said, no, I want to be on the dugout tomorrow with Kerry. And uh, the man died uh, on the Tuesday after returning home from the All-Ireland the day before. So uh, Kerry Galway Cash has always brought back those, those memories, and this was sort of an outpouring of that yesterday. And it was just brilliant to... It was just brilliant to see the two lads and just to see the, like, the G is all about, like I said, families. And it's just nice to see my father play with Kerry, my uncles, my uncle captain Kerry in the polo grounds in, in New York. My uncle Jackie trained Kerry to win all islands and played with Kerry to win all islands. So then you had the, myself, Mick and Tom, and then to have another generation there yesterday in Killian and Aiden. It was just, just something special uh, something special, something very personal. It's uh, just special, just special. I can't, I can't sum it up anymore. Deliverance day, Joe. That's about it for Kerry, isn't it? I suppose now that uh, now that that Dublin era has come to an end, you know, of the truly great team, we've now got this situation where almost anything can happen and has happened over the last two years. I mean, I felt that Kerry were very anxious throughout the entire first half and that Clifford was the bridge. Clifford was the, the, the you know, the bridge towards uh, that crucial last sort of 15 minutes. I mean, had Clifford not been playing, they would have been in serious trouble. I mean, I think it probably would have been sort of 8-2, 8-3 at halftime, which is a big scoreline, a big deficit against a blanket defence. I thought that Galway, though, once it came to the crunch, and there's no doubt that Killian Spillane had a had a, a very important impact on the game because up until that, David Difford was entirely on his own. Uh, and, and you know, as the game went on, you could see that he was starting to tire, you know, because it, it was a mammoth effort to that point. But the, the, the real sin that Galway committed was that they didn't throw everything into it in the cause of glory. I mean, with 15 minutes, well, well, on the 52nd minute, it was 14 points each. Then Kerry went 16-14. And you could feel the tension releasing from Kerry Killian come in. There was more movement. You know, all of a sudden they were they were they were up to speed. But Galway, for a few minutes, competed, brought it to 16 each, and then they didn't push on. Too safe, too timid, too passive, you know, kicking the ball into the keeper's hands. Uh, a very poor decision, I thought, by Shane Walsh, who had been superlative, to, to go for a long free which wasted a lot of time. It was very improbable that he would score it. He should have just kept the ball short free and get moving. But that's the cardinal sin. And I think that uh, if they don't get another opportunity to win, win Sam, that, that the stench of that anti-climax, you know, will hang over them for the rest of their lives. It's a, I mean, I know people who've played at the highest level and have terrible regrets about all in the final day. And it is something that hangs around you. Philly, your broad view on yesterday? I think the the team that had been ahead of the rest, the head of the bunch for the whole season, deservedly won it yesterday. Um, but I do think there's a lot of counties now that are looking in saying that was one that got away to an extent because they, they the separation I don't think was as as big as I thought it would have been in terms of their the carry performances in the semi final and the final, and that's really when it, when it matters. Um, <clears throat> but I just think there were so many. I suppose look, there were so many notes I took down in that game yesterday, so many really good individual performances. <clears throat> you could talk all day about St- Stephen O'Brien's performances, blocks. They're the type of things that are, that most most spectators would look in and, and love seeing Walsh's scores and Clifford scores, but having a wing forward come back and get them blocks, really, they're the final moments in the game for me. 
Um, they're the things that nine times out of ten you miss, you don't get, specifically if you're a forward, you don't see it happening. Paul Flynn was brilliant at it for us for years. Um, but for me, I think what it came down to ultimately was there was a, and this this may be a large assumption, but did did Galway really believe that they could win that game? And in the melting pot, when they were taking pot shots, kicking long ball in, as Joe mentioned, Walsh taking that shot. And on the flip side of that, you look how Kerry were calm. They got the two hand pass scores over the bar. Um, the, the, one of the hand pass scores, they got up the pitch and you could, I'd say it was maybe less than seven or eight seconds, three, three passes from Paul Morphy, another hand pass, another hand pass over the bar. So simple. And it made the game look like it wasn't an all-earning final in those few minutes. You know, it was just so calm and, and collective in terms of what they did. And, and I, I do think, though, that Galway, um, they were unlucky with the decision um, that kind of, I would have said, altered the game a tiny bit. Not, not completely, but altered the game in terms of Killian Spillane um, grabbing, grabbing the Galway player and the Galway player grabbing his arm and getting that free. But they were also lucky on the other hand with, with, with Gleeson coming out and dragging, not getting a black card as well. So you can balance that out. But for me, I do think um, next season, 2023, which change room do you want to be in? You've got Dublin Armagh, Galway, Derry. You have Mayo. You know, um, all of these teams are now looking at Kerry at the peak with a target on their back. And as we know, it's always extremely hard to do it back-to-back. And... I know what change room I'd like to be in. We're not going to say which one. Go on. Well, obviously Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just feel like from now being on the other side of, of, um, of not being a player now. I was watching the game and I, I honestly had this born and desire inside me that I wanted to, I wanted to go out and start getting fit again to go back and play next season. That's the desire I had inside me, born and, and, and that Kerry had that extra notch of 38 All-Irelands. That just extra notch for me, it's, it's, it's what makes the sport so brilliant, isn't it? So I, I can, if I'm feeling that, I'm telling you, there's a lot of hungry people in that Dublin change room that are feeling the same way. Who, who'll take the job now? Actually, yeah, actually, Philly, while we're honest, is, is, Philly, is there a big announcement coming today in regards to Dublin management? A lot of rumours yesterday circulating in Cork Park. So Desi is going, is that, is, is that going to be a fact? If only if Joe Brawley takes it. Now I don't know, Pat. To be honest, I, I, I don't get. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be asking any of the the teammates that I played with who's what's happening. It just I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, you know, use that mistrust to to get information to give to the world. I just. I, I don't really want to get in, get involved in that. Will he go? Um, there's there's pros and cons. Yeah, I, I, I would think it would be in favour for him to stay because, you know, as I said before, um, Pat Gilroy, when he came in and there was a transition from that 16-year gap, he won one and four. Jim came in after that and won five and seven. He's another chance here to win one and four, or two and four. If he doesn't, he's one and four like Pat Gilroy, okay? Um, and then there's a, there's a couple of players there that are on the border of do I retire or do I stay on? And I think if a new manager comes in, it's a hard sell for them to keep going and rebuild. And I know for myself, you know, I probably stayed probably a year too longer, if not two years, 
the year that Desi came in, fair enough, he wanted to settle the ship and I had a chance to, but second year I probably should have went or third year I definitely should have went. And I think those players will be thinking that a little bit. However, the benefit of maybe a new management coming, coming in is that they're playing in Division 2 next year. That is the time to rebuild the squad. And say to the likes of James McCarthy, Johnny Coop or Mick Fitzsimons um, and any other old players that are thinking about stepping away, I don't really want to see you as for the first part of this league. I want you as doing a separate programme and then come the end of this league and the start of the championship, I want you as now starting to, you know, get involved with this group heavily. And that then gives the chance of the, the squad to be developed and, and, and the, the strength of the competitiveness of the squad being um, developed. So there's, and, and, and Desi could do that as well, but there's definitely players there that haven't played hugely and have been there for three or four seasons. Um, I'm not sure if, if the management team are getting enough out of those. I think, I think, I think, Philly, that someday you will be an outstanding Dublin manager. Yeah, thanks, Joe. <laughs> Joe, could, Joe, could probably, Joe, could, Joe could be a good manager as well. I, I, I Except probably maybe but would lack a bit of confidence, but other than that. That's the confidence. Come here, Joe, you tweeted it yesterday. David Clifford proved what we already suspected. He's the greatest player the game has ever seen. Uh, this guy was just incredible. And at the other end, Shane Walsh. What two masterclasses by those two guys. Well, well, the comparison I gave of Shane Walsh was, we talked about this last week in the podcast, I said, like, he's a kid in the back, the back garden, you know, he just plays, he just plays, and he's so creative and imaginative, and you really don't know what's going to happen next. And I mean, yesterday, he reminded me of Georgie Best, you know, beating, beating the player multiple times, um, the, the, the casual brilliance of it, and the way a very, very good defender was simply bewildered by him. I mean, uh, uh, and, you know, his effortless excellence off the right and left foot, his pace, his understanding of what's going on around him. And, uh, I mean, the, the score that he got on the right-hand touchline um, in the second half, when he when he went right and left, left again, <laughs> then right. And, I mean, we were in line, so straight over the black spot. And, really, whenever, whenever you've got attack play that good, Defending is redundant. And the other thing to remember is this. I mean, when I was playing, when Pat was playing, if you had someone like David Clifford or Shane Walsh going out, he was going out man to man. You know, and, and the defenders sank. I mean, he, he sank or swam. That was it. So you look at that yesterday, the performance by Walsh and the performance by Clifford, which I thought was, it, Walsh's was brilliant, but Clifford's was definitive. And also, the other thing about, about Clifford is, He's a physical brute as well. You know, whatever way you want to play it, he will play it. I mean, his, his two marks were extraordinary. I mean, the second one was Kieran Donny and the bomber listen. You know, and so so he's got I mean, he's got every single thing going there, including that bewildering close control. And 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 on airing his balance is brilliant. I mean, he scored a point yesterday, I think it was his fourth point. He was just coming in from the 45. The ball was laid off to him and he immediately popped it over the bar without even a backlift, you know, under under huge pressure. I mean, the, def the defender, I think, had to check, has that gone over the bar? It was just gone before he could come in. So, I mean, I, I, I was very attracted by Philly's scheme for marking him, but I have to say, Philly, I, I don't think that even your scheme would work. Joe, if Clifford gets a couple of those scores by going by it or he's... He's uh, coming on the loop. You, you know, you, you have to allow, there's, a, there's a, nearly a handicap there of allowance because he's that good. 
if Clifford gets one of those marks, he has to be there has to be some physicality behind. Oh, definitely. He's not getting the second one. That's that in my in my eyes. And I'll tell you this. Um, there's definitely, you know, if they, if Kerry like they did against Dublin, kick a high ball in, um, they're trying things. But if they kick it in a couple of times, then that's a tactic. And I think they were trying to hit Gleason. I think they were trying to hit that hot, long ball on top of Gleason. And 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 I think um if it was me, if I'm marking Clifford there. I'm I'm going through the back of his head there. Oh, definitely. You guys were great at that. I mean, I remember I remember you torturing. I mean, the, when he had no shavings in the full forward, you know, mm. and 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 you looked at Kieran Donnelly coming in there, but you guys, even though you were smaller, it was it was it was like a two, three, four man rotational combat on him, you know, and yeah. and we were lucky, Joe, as well. Physically, we a smaller lucky. player has the advantage coming up through. You know, it's, yeah. it's rare enough to get a free. In those circumstances where a ball's in the air and you come through and you can yeah. hit barely anything at that point in time. But do, do you know, lads, do you know, lads, sorry to interrupt, but isn't football a very fucking simple game at the end of the day? I mean, it like when you go route one into the edge of the square, the chances of getting a score or getting a mark. I mean, the mark is, is a gimme in Gaelic football and I cannot understand. I suppose coaches are spending so much time focusing on defensive that they're forgetting to focus on, on, on attacking plays. The mark, the attacking mark, is a gimme. It's a free shot. And you look at David Clifford's stats uh, and how Kerry utilised him. In his last four championship games in Crow Park, David Clifford has scored from seven marks. Like, gee, it's, I mean, it's a gimme. Uh, secondly, yesterday, and you know, when we were talking about yesterday, and it was an enjoyable game, a very entertaining game, but what I liked, I mean, there was twin. What was it? Twenty, twenty something scores from play. Was it twenties? And there was some brilliant, like the pine taking. And I, I, I always admire pine long range pine kicking as a skill. And some of the pines been kicked yesterday were just absolutely majestic. And it just goes to show, you know, like I just think I can't get that Ulster final still out of my head. And and two teams playing around and fear, fear. Fear, afraid to shoot, afraid to shoot, afraid to shoot, recycle, recycle, recycle. But, 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 but we know it works. Clearly, all Ireland club champions, and they just play a really, real rigorous system, which is extremely dull, extremely formulaic, and extremely difficult to break down. They've worked on it for ten years. The problem, Pat, is that the rule makers allow that. We've allowed the game to develop like this so that only if you're of the standard of Clifford and Walsh can you possibly express yourself. That's how good you have to be now to express yourself on an all Ireland. It's still uh, winning an All Ireland at the end of the day, and you can talk about systems and you can talk about attacking wing backs and whatever like that. The team with the better scoring forwards always win All Ireland. And I mean, Kerry well, 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 that's not right. Well, that's not right, Pat. I mean, whenever whenever the great Dublin team 2014 came out to face Donegal, it went man to man on them and said, "Okay, we, we don't care about your systems because our footballers are far superior to yours as a group, as they proved to be." For me, the greatest team that's played the game. They couldn't defy the laws of physics. Donegal cut them to pieces. Tyrone that was one. That was a one-off, Joe. That was a one-off. It wasn't a one-off because Tyrone tried to do it to us in the first round of the championship this year. He said, "We don't care about this blanket defence where we got it. This is a Division Two team. We're going to push up and put on a show." We beat them by fourteen points. We cut them to uh, pieces. Yeah, but that was it. No, but, but, but the point. I, just, I, I mean, Galway did exactly the right thing against Derry. If they had tried to push up and play the way they tried to play at times yesterday and in the championship previously. We would have cut them to pieces. No, I think, um, just go back to the point, Pat, that you were saying about the mark. I'm not a fan of the mark. I don't think it's a gimme. I'm not either. I don't think it's a gimme. I think 
you look at um, the players that Clifford have been on, has been on. He's not marking the, the typical traditional uh, full back that's big and strong and that's going to win the, the high ball coming in. McFitz is a, is, yeah, a, is tall and he's he, but he's, he's a man marker. Same with Galway. Same with, so for me, when them balls come in, um, when you get that mark, it actually it actually helps you because if you look at when Clifford got his mark, he's getting on top of the D and he's got so many Galway players around him that when he catches that ball. Like he's not getting out there, you know. I know, and he's the best I've seen at evading players. Even, even when you look at like Comer, right? So, so just having a target man in there. Mm. Why did Walsh get so much face? Because Morley couldn't get close to Walsh because he was watching Comer in behind them, right? And there was that score you talk about, Joe, where uh, Walsh, unbelievable score, in off the Cusick side, calls it in over the barrel of the black spot. Morley was trying to get over to him, and he couldn't. Because he was like, do I get over or do I watch what's in behind me here? And for me, the, the, the probability of you getting a score and being vulnerable if you don't get a score from a high ball going in is quite high. So there's two sides to it. If you hit a high ball in and it breaks, you're open. You're vulnerable for that transition from attack to defence. You want to be able to get behind the ball fairly quickly, right? However, what it does do well is if you kick a few high balls in, it stretches the, the defence of the opposition back. It pushes them backwards towards their own goal, which means you have players that are able to kick scores from distance, which is what we've seen yesterday. Walsh was getting the space. McDade was getting the space because they were pushing their sweeper Marley backwards. So for me, um, if you look, like there's arguments, both of these have really good arguments in what you're saying. Ultimately, what was the difference yesterday? When you look at it from a statistic point of view is, Galway had all the stats, by the way. I mean, look at them. There was a lot of the stats that Galway had that, you know, kickouts. Um, the one thing that they didn't really have that, that Kerry had the most was scoring opportunities. Every time, not every time, most of the time Kerry attacked, they got a scoring opportunity. Galway didn't. If I was part of Joyce next year, I was saying, what would I improve on? Certainly the experience of being in the final will help them and, and being in the melting pot. And you'll hear Sean O'Shea talk in his interview after the game about this year they were taught they were they were working on building on the dealing with the pressure in, in certain moments. Galway will have to experience that. It's not something that you just speak about. You have to go through that for it to, to, to get better at it. So for me, um scoring opportunities was something that Kerry had in abundance this year. I still I'm sticking by my gun saying if you keep scare, uh, Kerry's uh, goalless, you are in with a chance. They scored 13 points in the second half. On average, they've scored 14 points most of their games. On average, through the season, they scored 13 points in the second half. That that would tell me then defensively then also that Galway could be could have been a bit better in the second half. But for me, O'Connor second in half time, two big decisions: take off Gini, take off um, Moran. And the players he brings in are just much more, they're, they're just hungry, ready to go. You know, the Spillans, you had um, Paul Morphy. Imagine bringing these fellas off the bench. These are stars. Years. So uh, there's a lot of the things that I think that um, Kerry ticked the boxes on, true experience, you know, of O'Connor being there previously. And, and I just think for me, um, there's a huge amount of learnings that came from that game. I think there, if I was any inter-county manager, I'd be looking at the detail of that game. Pat, what about that from those decisions by Jack O'Connor? Um, bringing in Paddy Talley, talk about, to us about that influence that Jack has had this year at the backroom team to bring them to this point now. Jack, as he, as he admits himself, uh, has mellowed a lot. 
Jack in his early days was very much his own man. He he ran the show, he did the training, he did the coaching, he did he had a few friends, but they weren't challenging him or anything like that. And Jack this year uh, realized that the management has at intercounty level has changed and he has brought in top guys. So he has as his selectors uh, Mike, Mike Kirk, who had experience with Leash, Diamond Murphy, who had been previously selected with Kelly, Tony Griffin, performance coach, uh, and Paddy Talley. And all of these, I mean, and he has a brilliant backroom team. There is no stone left unturned. And this year, this year, Kerry were a different animal in every sense of the word. Physically, uh, the development physically, their development in terms of f- physicality and conditioning over three years has been absolutely huge. And their conditioning really has shown in the last couple of games, closing stages and most games, Kerry are finishing stronger. I mean, the last nine minutes yesterday, Kerry were finishing the stronger team, you know, outscored Galway 4-0. But the Paddy Tally factor is certainly huge because, I mean, like one thing you'll say about Kerry, like we like to be traditionalists and we like to be romantic about football, but we're also pragmatic and realist and realise if there's somebody doing something somewhere else that's better, you fucking, you, you take advantage. And it's not alone the system uh, bringing in a defensive system. I mean, like the record is amazing. What is it? Three goals in 16 championship matches. That is, I mean, 16 matches all year. That is unbelievable. Uh, but uh, what I like, the little things, just the little things, the, the way they've improved their tackling technique, their work rate off the ball, their tracking back, their tagging, their swarm defences, the turnovers. And, and turnovers is something I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing interest in kickouts. But turnovers, I'm looking at turnovers, and I saw that Kerry's turnovers this year. Their turnover rate is unreal. And, and, and I looked at the second half yesterday, and I'm, I'm talking turnovers in two counts. But first of all, on the opposition, in the second half yesterday, and this is amazing, Kerry turned over Galway nine times in the second half. And out of those nine turnovers, they scored eight points. That's, that's, that is huge. The amount of scores they've got this year from turnovers. But the second thing, they're learning. They have, they have learned. Now, Kerry blew the all Ireland in 2019. I should have beaten Dublin. Uh, were very poor against Cork two years ago. And, but what is, their game management and composure has absolutely gone off the Richter scale. And I think back to last year's All-Ireland semi-final against Kerry, and I'm back to turnovers again. Kerry turned over the ball against Tyrone in the All-Ireland semi-final 35 times, 35 times, and 30 of those were inside in the middle third. This year, two things. How many times did Kerry turn over the ball yesterday against Galway? 11 times, 11 and and what you notice about Kerry in attacking is that they're not taking the ball into that contact. They're not losing the turnover. Their, their game management, their composure. Look, Dublin were brilliant at it. Kerry have learned the way Dublin has, you know, that game management, that composure. Pat, that was a that was a very important feature. I agree of the Tyrone match last year. I mean, Kerry repeatedly being turned over, you know, oh, soloing yeah. into that soloing into that sort of vapor's nest. But I, I would also agree with you that. Probably the crucial factor, I'd set aside the mistakes that Dublin made in the second half, once once they'd come to within a point with 25 minutes still to go, a strong scoring breeze at their backs. The crucial factor was the, 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 the I think it was eight or nine turnovers of Dublin players coming through the middle, including players like Kieran Kilkenny, etc. The ferocious Kerry tackling in there at a time when Kerry weren't scoring yeah. at all. 
and it yeah. was difficult to see where their scores were going to come from. Yeah. You know, they they repeatedly turned the dubs over, and 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 I, I I agree with you that in relation to that, that was that was probably the crucial factor from Kerry's point of view. Let's set aside the. But you know, can, can I just can I just say something? And I know I mentioned it yesterday, but I remember Jack O'C- that victory over Dublin the last day, and that point from Shawnee. I cannot underestimate what that victory did to this Kerry team and what that winning point because. That word that Jack kept referring to after beating Dublin, resilience, resilience, resilience. Uh, and we saw it in so many case, times or, uh, this year. We saw it against, against Dublin, like I said. We saw that resilience in the third quarter against Mayo when they were very poor, but they pulled through. We saw that resilience in the first half yesterday where Kerry was so, so nervous and so off it. And yet at half time, they were still only a point behind. That resilience was... But, you know, I look at Kerry, and one of the things... That... All of that stuff's important, don't get me wrong. But the, 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 the most crucial factor, and, and the factor without which you would not be All-Ireland champions, is Clifford. I mean, Clifford has dominated, really dominated Gaelic football for the last couple of years. I mean, he virtually played Tyrone on his own last year as well. And, I mean, I, I, I think it was the greatest performance I've ever seen in a losing cause. So... I mean, there are fine margins, of course, in and around the rest of what's happening. But without Clifford, the glorious minor teams that Kerry have had, without David Clifford, Joe, Joe, I, 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 just, Joe I, I just checked my files there lately to, to note that in April, uh, Mr. Joe Brawley said Darren McCurry was the best footballer in Ireland. At that point in time, he was... He was <laughs> Last April... Holy God, Joe. No, I was no, talking about... I was talking about it. Just on the point of resilience. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, just on, sorry. on resilience. Um, I, I would like to see if how Kerry reacted when they went behind in later stages in games. That shows resilience for me. Um, and I don't think they got that test. And, and, and that's not because they. it's not their fault. I just don't know. Like, there was, I'll give you my example of my resilience of, of when I played was when we were losing by one or two points towards the end of a game, VAO, let's say, and we came back and bet them and won those games. I don't. I think you have to be exposed through adversity to actually have resilience or have... Oh, we didn't yeah. do that. But you know what, Philly, oh, there was a very yeah, interesting... Yeah. That's a fair... But uh, when you talk about resilience uh, and Kerry, when Kerry win matches or win all Ireland, they usually win them by, by large margins. And there was an interesting stat. In the last 62 years, uh, Kerry have only had something like six one-point victories in the championship. Six. And their victory against Dublin, that one-point victory against Dublin, was their first one-point victory in the championship in 12 years. So that was one of those days where, you know, when Dub- Kerry were cruising, Dublin came back to equalise, Dublin came back to equalise a second time, but Kerry didn't drop. And, and I, I remember one pivotal moment before Deshaun or Shafing, and I thought, this is different, Kerry. Shane Ryan had the kick out. And in normal years, Last year, the year before, Shane would have gone safe, would have gone long and kicked. But he went, he gambled, he went short to Breno Berkeley and Kerry ended up getting the free and the winning score. That ice, that was a difference this year. And that bravery, that resilience was there this year, which wasn't there before. But I think that comes from, that comes from Jack because Jack is a winner. He's a winner. And when you bring a winner into a dressing room, a fellow who's been there, done that, two doubles already, he commands respect and... Uh, I'm not sure of resilience. I think that's the separation that they've had throughout the whole year. There's the separation is they've been ahead of the, the rest for the, the whole from the league campaign through, and and when you're ahead of the pack and when you're leading in games and when you're you're doing these things, then 
you do make them good decisions, you know, and the perception then is, is that like it's resilience, but it's, I don't think it is. I don't think resilience is something that you've struggled with and then you have to overcome that through persistence and you're doing it over and over again. And I'm not sure, I still don't think, you know, Ryan kicking that ball out is, is any like resilience. And even, even the O'Shea point, if you're in the headspace of, of, of O'Shea, Everybody's saying that's a pressure kick. He's kicked that ball thousands of times. And he's saying to himself, I have nothing to lose here. I'm just kicking this ball. Like, if I miss, the game is over. And anyway, so I'm just going to give it welly. You know, in, in the eyes of everybody else, there's a pressure to that. But him, so so that's not even adversity or that's not even resilience to me either. Like. I, I agree. What I was really looking forward to yesterday, once for 52, 53 minutes, I was saying, okay, go, we need to put on a surge here. Okay, you're anxious. If Goey can get two or three points here and really get up to battle speed, all Ireland, all Ireland speed, I think I think Kerry could crack here. That's what I was thinking, but but it never materialised because Goey did a few stupid things. Kerry got a few sort of reasonably easy scores, uh, and then suddenly Kerry were able to be calm. Goey completely malfunctioned. Then I mean, in the last ten minutes, I thought they were, I mean, they'd just thrown in the towel. And so it made it easy at the end. I know that Kerry did play Camley, Killian certainly made a difference, but they had an easy finale to the final. And to be honest, although there were some great performances, individual performances, for the neutral, all the people around me were all neutrals. It was an anti-climax because it was never properly put up to Kerry. Because that's what I was looking forward to see. You know, have they recovered from the throne thing last year? You know, I thought they, they collapsed over the line against the Dubs. There, there it is now. All Ireland champions and and, uh, and 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 very very well deserved. But I agree with Philly that that question hasn't been asked, answered yet, because they've not been taken to that place where it's all or nothing now, and we're behind, and, and we've got to go. You know, this is this is this is where we see what we're made of. Obviously, before the game, there was all talk of dynasties and all this kind of stuff, like ensure they this team hadn't, you know, had yet to win this All Ireland. But what what are you thinking now going on? I mean, David Clifford spoke about it yesterday. You know, this is only the start of it. Yeah, I, 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 do I believe that this team can go on to win a couple more All Irelands? Absolutely. Uh, can they dominate like the Dubs? Can they go on to four or five in a row? No, I don't think so. One one of the happening things about this year's championship is that. There are, as, as I think what the George someone mentioned earlier, and maybe Philly was, there's a couple of series contenders there that you, that, that, there are five or six counties out there saying, geez, we could win that all out of the next year. So you have, you have Mayo, you'll always have Mayo, you have Galway, uh, you'll have Dublin, uh, maybe Kildare might become reserved, and you'll have three or four out of the north. So there are, Derry, Tyrone will, be, will regroup, Derry will be back, new, new management in Man, I mean, in Donegal, who knows? So there is six or seven counties that say, we're as good as Kerry we can beat Kerry so uh, it makes for a great chance but but I'll tell you this the big thing in Kerry like the the, the monkey on these fellas back shoulders was A not beating Dublin in the championship but B winning in All-Ireland because there's only so long that you can say oh we have a great bunch of talented footballers oh we have really good forwards and we have a brilliant kicking game and we are Kerry but until such time as you deliver it's not much use and that's why yesterday I think yesterday you know, these guys are liberated now they have their all in middle and I think they'll play even with like them. it was a far, as the lad said it was far from a vintage performance it, it wasn't a good performance they never even created a goal scoring chance uh, so but they can improve and 
yes, you'll probably see David Moore going. You'll probably see Paul Ganey going. But I'll tell you this. Uh, I see the talent in Kerry, and there's lots and lots of talent. That sub's been yesterday. I mean, it was a winning. It was one of the key factors in determining the game. Obviously, Galway had no impact on subs. Kelly had a huge impact. So the likes of Kelly and then Adrian, the likes of Paul Mosley, likes of Michal Buttons, Joe O'Connor, the co-captain. I'll tell you this, Joe O'Connor was the best midfielder I've seen in Kelly for the last year. Huge engine, great player. He has enormous potential. So, so yes, can we win another couple of all items? Most definitely. Will, will we dominate like the Dubs? I don't think so. I don't think anyone, there's no county, will ever again probably dominate a Gaelic football team or championship like the Dubs. Because, and I will agree with George, they were just, and it's not just because Philly, they're just a team that I always admired. From the, from the first day I saw them down in Killarney in the league against Kerry, I just admired their philosophy. I admired them as players. I admired them as role models, the way they carried themselves. I mean, they were, they were just brilliant for Gaelic football in the GA. Absolutely. Joe? Sure. Well, I mean, I wouldn't disagree uh, with anything that, that 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 Patrick has said, and we'll we'll all think, we'll all we'll all I think be 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 sad to see uh, not to be able to see him in telly anymore because for <laughs> I suppose, for nice smooth, to hear, Joe. Yeah, yeah. For I suppose, for I suppose, well, it's more than nice. For about thirty years now, he's been in our living rooms and infuriated us and entertained us uh, 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 and, 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 and with his, with his marvellous and original personality. So we'll be very sad to see you go, Patrick. And, and uh, I hope Joe, to see you. Joe, 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 maybe we might team up again someday. Who knows? Huh? <laughs> now, that would be interesting. Now, that, is, <laughs> that would be good. I would... <laughs> uh, we, could, we, could, we could still, I'll tell you this now, myself and Joe, I think we still have a capacity to entertain and annoy people many more years to come who knows watch this face (laughs) (laughs) oh brilliant stuff okay Pat Splan Joe Brawley and Philly McMahon thanks a million for that well that's it for this week's throw in thanks to Joe and Pat for joining me and Philly for his contributions throughout the football championship now we'll have a special throw in tomorrow looking back on the career and influence of Brian Cody later this week as well we'll preview the women's football final between Meath and Kerry can the kingdom do the double well you can listen rate and follow on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from bye for now this is an Irish independent podcast